Well, this morning I want to speak on the subject of encouragement. Everyone needs encouragement. And the Bible talks and shows us, uh, it gives us views of people that are encouragers. Uh, Hebrews 10 verse 24 says, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as you see the day approaching. So we are to encourage one another in the days that we are living in, as we see the day approaching. One day, the Lord Jesus is going to come for his church. And as we look forward to that day, we should be encouraging one another uh, in the faith. Are you an encourager? Uh, are you an encouraging neighbour where you live? The scripture says in Romans 15 verse 2, let every one of us please his neighbour for his good to edification. Are you an encourager in the workplace? The Bible says, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Uh, do people see that you are in the workplace, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus, do they see that there's something different about you? Do they see there's something positive in your life as a believer? Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Uh, the psalmist wrote this in Psalm 4 verse 6, Lord, lift thou up the light of thy countenance upon us. Thou hast put gladness in my heart. The writer of Proverbs said, A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance. The psalmist said in Psalm 31 verse 16, Make thy face to shine upon thy servants. When you're at work, when you're at university, is there a smile on your dial? Because you know the Lord Jesus is Saviour. Is there a smile on your dial because you have the security of a home in heaven? Is there a smile on your dial because you know the word of God, that you serve the Lord with gladness? You know, the Lord Jesus, I believe, was a great encourager. If I take you back to the city of Jericho, and there's a great crowd, a great crowd following the Lord Jesus, and there's a tax collector up a tree, and his name is is Zacchaeus. He's up a, a sycamore tree. And uh, he's a short man, but he's up this tall tree and he looks out and he's hoping to get a glimpse of the Lord Jesus. And out of all the people that day crowding the Lord Jesus, uh, Jesus looks up to Zacchaeus and says, Zacchaeus, make haste, come down. He goes to Zacchaeus's place. And, uh, you know, there were discouragers, religious discouragers, at Zacchaeus's house. The Bible says in Luke 9, 19 verse 5, Zacchaeus make, uh, Jesus said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And verse 7 says, And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be, uh, to be guest with a man that is a sinner. And verse 9 says, And Jesus said unto him, this day is salvation come to this house, for as much as he also is a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. The Lord Jesus was an encourager. Zacchaeus was a despised tax collector. 
He was considered the enemy of his people because he was working for the Romans and he was making a handsome profit for himself. He was rich out of profiting from his own people. Yet the Lord Jesus took time to look up as Zacchaeus looked down and told, and Jesus said, come down because he was going to be at his house. I think uh, in John chapter 4, we see an encouraging passage where there's a woman at the well and this woman had had five failed marriages and she was living with a guy that was not her husband. And the Bible indicates in uh, John chapter 4 that uh, Jesus must needs go through Samaria. He, he made a detour to see a woman that had come at the well. Uh, this woman had got, come at the well at the hottest part of the day and I believe that she came at the hottest part of the day because she was despised with her reputation and yet Jesus takes time out to encourage her and to reveal that he was the Messiah. And this woman in John chapter 4 goes back into a city and says, Come see a man. She'd been encouraged. She stood face to face uh, with the Messiah. I think of Peter. And you know, Peter denied uh, Christ three times uh, uh, before his crucifixion. And yet after the resurrection of the Lord Jesus... Uh, uh, Jesus comes to Peter and he gives him a threefold call to ministry. The man had, who denied Christ three times gets a threefold call from minist to ministry from the Lord Jesus. And uh, Jesus says to him, feed my lambs. Second call, feed my sheep. The third call, uh, feed my sheep. This man that had been discouraged and was despondent had the risen Lord Jesus come and encourage him. And what a wonderful ministry the Apostle Peter had because of the encouragement and the empowerment of the Lord Jesus. Well, I want us to look this morning at a man who's an encourager and his name is Barnabas. And uh, we meet Barnabas in Acts chapter 4. And Acts 4 verse 36 says, And Joseph who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus. So here's a man uh, called Joseph, Joseph, and he's uh, named by the apostles as Barnabas, and Barnabas means son of encouragement. So he's got a nickname as the son of encouragement. Uh, when I was a minister in Gunadara, I would uh, uh, preach my sermon in the morning and uh, inevitably I'd get a call about lunchtime and I'd say to Judy, it's Mr Encouragement on the phone. And Mr Encouragement would talk to me about my message, uh, talk to me about the service and uh, Mr Encouragement uh, was a regular caller of mine and I'm still a friend, a good friend of Mr Encouragement and he rings me up from time to time. He lives uh, hundreds of kilometres away from here. Uh, but it was great to have a, a Mr. Encouragement. In my first church, there was another Mr. Encouragement. His name was Eric. Eric Arnold was his name. And uh, he would encourage me and he would be uh, saying to me that I'm praying for you. And he would be praying uh, uh, all the time. Uh, I think every day he would lift myself up, my, uh, Judy and, and our children, uh, before the throne of grace. And what a great encouragement uh, uh, he was. And you know, in the last time I saw him, he was in a retirement uh, village, actually a nursing home in Sydney. And I looked out his window and all I saw was concrete and weeds. The outlook was terrible, but his outlook up was beautiful. And he encouraged me, even in the face of this difficult time when he was living in his nursing home, 
Mr. Encouragement prayed for me in that nursing home, prayed for my ministry wherever I was. I wonder, are you an encourager? Uh, Barnabas had the nickname of being an encourager. Acts 11 verse 24, we read a bit more about Barnabas and uh, the Bible says, for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. Full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And this man who was full of the Holy Spirit and faith uh, demonstrated his love for others in the way that he encouraged them. You and I are to build each other up. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 11, Therefore comfort each other and edify one another just as you also are doing. Uh, Hebrews 3 verse 13, But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. I've often talked about a man uh, called uh, Bishop Dudley Ford. He was an Anglican minister. And uh, Dudley would walk to the letterbox with letters of encouragement. He'd do it every week. He'd have multiple letters of encouragement go out to people, I think here and overseas. And that was a daily thing that he did, a journey to the letterbox with a, a letter of encouragement to others. Some of you would know another a minister called uh, Ed Long, Egerton Long, some of you would know. Uh, when I was in theological college in 1995, Egerton Long uh, uh, invited the new students uh, over for morning tea, I think it was. And Egerton Long uh, had us there in his living room uh, up at uh, Glenhaven where he lived. And all around the floor were these theological books. And there was a man that Egerton Long knew in the United States who had this ministry of encouraging young students. And what he would do, he, he would finance uh, the, the purchase of brand new books for theological students and then Egerton Long would receive them, put them in his lounge room, invite us over for morning tea and we, I was like a pig in mud, mud uh, a pig in a theological library, uh, not a pig but I, I, I could see all these books and I, I went home that day with probably four or five great books that I've still got in my library today because a man over in the USA encouraged young students with his finances by purchasing books and then Egerton Long and his wife had us over for morning tea. Are you an encourager? We're to edify one another. Well, if we go back to the book of Acts here, we, we see that uh, Barnabas is not only known for his encouragement, but he's also known for his generosity. And in Acts chapter 2, uh, we see that the early church was growing. And in verse 41, the Bible says, Then those who received his word were baptised, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. In Acts 2 verse 47, we know that the church uh, was growing daily. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. In Acts chapter 4, persecution starts, but the church continues to grow. Uh, however, many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to be about 5,000. As you read on in Acts chapter 4, you find that there were people coming into the church, and some of them were well off, and some of them were very poor. And uh, in, Acts, in the book of Acts, what they decided to do was distribute. People came and uh, they sold material possessions, they sold lands. These are believers, and, and they, there was no social service system in those days. So the believers in the Lord Jesus were helping, helping out the poor. And in Acts 4 verse 35, and they distributed to each as anyone had need. And you see, uh, Barnabas here, the encourager, is also a giver. In Acts 4 verse 36, and Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it 
and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. He was not only an encourager, but he was a giver. And where he saw there was a need, he was willing to provide for that need. And he went out and he sold this land so that others that were poor would be provided for. He was an encourager. He uh, gave physically to the need of others. And thirdly, uh, we find in the book of Acts that he took Saul under his wing. And we looked at the Apostle Paul, who is known as Saul, uh, last week. And uh, Saul, before his conversion, had a terrible reputation. Uh, He would lock up Christians. And in Acts chapter 9, he's going on the road to Damascus, uh, where the Lord intervenes miraculously in his life. He uh, he gets uh, blinded by a light from heaven, and he hears the voice of heaven, the voice of Jesus. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And uh, Saul uh, ends up asking two questions. Who are you, Lord? And what would you have me to do? And that uh, day, the, uh, Saul, uh, his life dramatically changed and he became uh, the Apostle Paul, uh, perhaps, I believe, the greatest missionary that has ever lived apart from the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus had intervened in his life. And I want to ask you this morning, has there been a day where the Lord Jesus has intervened in your life? We understood the good news of the gospel, that Christ came for you, that Christ lived for you, that Christ died for you, that Christ rose for you, and your only forgiveness is found in Jesus in his sacrificial death. Well, his life was changed, uh, dramatically changed, Uh, but because of this terrible reputation uh, that Saul had, he needed someone to, to stand up for him because the disciples would not trust Saul because of that reputation. And in Acts 9, verse 26, the Bible says, And when Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples. So this is after his conversion, not prior to his conversion. He tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. So here's Barnabas. He's standing up for for the guy that the disciples won't trust and you can understand why they wouldn't trust him. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and he declared to them how he had seen the Lord on the road and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. So, So he was with them at Jerusalem coming in and going out And he spoke boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Hellenists, but they attempted to kill him. So not only did he bring him to the apostles, but Barnabas testified to the apostles of Paul's conversion, that Paul had changed, that Paul had preached, that God was using his life. Where the apostles saw problems in Saul's life, we have Barnabas seeing potential. And we need to remember that because we can look at people and we can see their failings and we can see their problems without looking at their potential. And Barnabas, the son of encouragement, saw the potential in Saul, this uh, great Christian persecutor, but he saw his potential and he stood up for him. Uh, Barnabas not only stood up for Paul, but he also stood up for others as well. Uh, Most of us here would have read the Gospel of Mark and uh, Mark was known as John Mark in the Bible and uh, John Mark uh, wrote the Gospel of Mark 
and we find uh, that there was a failing in John Mark's life. And uh, we find that, that Barnabas actually came against Paul and stood up for John Mark. Acts 15, verse 36. And after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us, know, let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Now Barnabas was determined to take with them John called Mark, but Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Then the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another and so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus but Paul chose Silas and departed being commended by the brethren to the grace of God and he went through Syria and Cilicia strengthening the churches. So in this case what happened Paul wanted to revisit the believers in the cities where he'd shared God's word previously. And Barnabas wants John Mark to come on this journey with them, but the Apostle Paul doesn't want to take him because John Mark had deserted the mission team on Paul's first missionary journey. So John Mark, for, for some reason, uh, left that journey. And that really affected Paul and it affected John Mark's reputation as far as Paul was concerned. Acts 13, verse 13. Now when Paul and his party set sail from Paphos, they came to Perga in Pamphylia, and John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. So in Paul's eyes, John Mark was a failure. But Mr. Encourager comes along, and he stands up for, for John Mark. And think of the results of Barnabas coming and, and even standing against Paul. Uh, perhaps he reminded Paul, uh, look, Paul, uh, I stood for you years before. I'm standing for John Mark. He, he made a mistake in leaving that journey, but I'm standing for him. And he stands for him and look at the results. The results are we have the Gospel of Mark today. What if Barnabas hadn't stood for John Mark? Maybe he would have been so discouraged we may never have heard of him again. Uh, what if that had happened? You know, uh, we are to forgive others. When we see the failings in other Christians, do we hold on to those failings for years and years? Do we write off people because of their failings? Colossians 3 verse 12, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Are you thankful for the, the pardoning God gives us in the Lord Jesus, that he forgives our sins? Do you exercise that same forgiveness to others? Micah 7 verse 18, Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He does not retain his anger forever, but he delights in mercy. He will again have compassion on us and will subdue our iniquities. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. We have a God that forgives us. We have a God of second starts. He gives us another start. He doesn't just wipe us away when we make mistakes. And the Apostle Paul had to learn that 
about John Mark. He had to learn that he had to be forgiven. It's interesting when you come to towards the end of Paul's life, uh, Paul writes about John Mark. And listen to what he writes about John Mark. And thank the Lord for Barnabas, because this is why I believe uh, uh, Paul is writing about John Mark. 2 Timothy 4 verse 9. Be diligent to come to me quickly, for Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed for Thessalonica, Cretans for Galatia, Titus for Dalmatia, only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for ministry. What a change in the Apostle Paul's attitude towards John Mark. And maybe it was ch- his attitude was changed. He thought, uh, really, that John Mark was useless, but now he writes towards the end of his life that he is useful for the ministry. Thank the Lord for encouragers. Who might you encourage in this church? Who might you encourage uh, each week? Who might you, uh, uh, a neighbour perhaps needs encouragement. We can encourage people in all sorts of different ways. We can encourage them with a meal. We can encourage them with a letter, an email, a text, a phone call, a, a small gift. Uh, there are so many ways that we can encourage one another in the Lord Jesus. And you know, as the days grow darker, each and every one of us are going to need more and more encouragement as the days grow darker. Not only did Barnabas encourage individuals, but Barnabas encouraged churches where God had him minister. If you look at Acts 11 verse 19, now those who scattered after the those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over Stephen travelled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus and Antioch preaching the word to no one but the Jews only. But some of them were men from Cyprus and Cyrene who when they had come to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. The news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem. And who do they send? And they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. Uh, the city of Antioch is a very interesting city. At that time, it had a population of half a million. It was the only city in the world at that time to have streetlights. Do uh, you know the, uh, the country place in New South Wales that first got streetlights? It was Tamworth. Tamworth. Well, out back here, way back there, uh, it was the only city of the world that had street lights lit at night. Not, of course, with electricity. Uh, it had a busy port. It was a centre of commerce, and it was a town where the gods of antiquity were worshipped. And what an opportunity it was to present the light of the gospel. And uh, at Antioch, many believed the gospel. And Barnabas was sent out to Antioch and actually the town of Antioch, that was the first place where believers in the Lord Jesus were called Christians. Acts 11 verse 23, And when he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all that with purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord. Barney the encourager. There he's, he's at work again at Antioch, at work again at the church. 
And the church grows and the church is encouraged because of Barnabas. A great many people were added to the Lord. Uh, Acts 11 verse 25, Then Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people, and the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Uh, Barnabas is not uh, a lone ranger. He knows when he needs help, and he goes and he gets Paul and brings him down to Antioch. And all of us uh, aren't to be lone rangers in ministry. We're all to be in ministry as a team together. And this church is, in, is, is composed of many different people with spiritual gifts, natural talents, also spiritual talents. And God wants us to work together in the body of Christ to bring the good news of the gospel. And Barnabas knew that encouragement was important and Barnabas knew also that partnership was important. For he, for he Barnabas, was a good man full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. The church today needs encouragers. Believers in the Lord Jesus need to be encouraged in the dark days that we live in. You know, there are some people in churches that have the, dif- the gift of discouragement. I- I've received letters from people that have the, dif- the gift of-, of discouragement. actually got one the other day. Um, uh, but I also got a letter of encouragement. Uh, It's a pity that there are people that specialise in that discouragement. They should be specialising in encouragement. I want to read to you a a sad tale of a pastor and a missionary. His father and grandfather were pastors. This young man's zeal for Christ grew in his early 20s. He wanted to study theology at a seminary but failed the entrance exam. Undeterred, the young man decided to become a missionary to poor coal miners of his day in Belgium. He said, The Bible is my solace, my support in life. It is the most beautiful book I know. In in the Barange district of Belgium, he ministered amongst miners that were sick and starving. A mining explosion had occurred, leaving numbers of miners in terrible conditions fighting for their survival. The young man was zealous for his missionary work amongst the miners. In a letter to his brother, Theo, in 1876, the young man wrote, He has sent me to preach the gospel to the poor. He was so moved by those that were in poverty around him that he gave away all his possessions, including most of his clothing, to the miners. A church official concluded that the zeal that the missionary had for his work was scandalous. He was reported to church authorities and they rejected his ministry. They concluded that he suffered from excessive zeal and that he did not dress or preach eloquently. They withdrew their support and so he was unable to continue his work. This missionary was good at art And so he entered the world of painting and he writes this, Even in that deep misery, I felt my energy revive and I said to myself, in spite of everything, I shall rise again. I will take up my pencil, which I had forsaken in my discouragement, and I will go on with my drawing. One of his paintings in 1885 was an open Bible. Here is a large family Bible opened at Isaiah 53, And next door to it is a well-used 
novel, Jevard Rire, The Joy of Life. And next to that is a snuffed-out candle in the background. The missionary artist I'm talking about is Vincent Van Gogh, or people know him as Van Gogh. The New York Times wrote of him in 1999. They said he gave away his money and clothes, refused the lodgings of a minor family, and slept crouched in the hearth of a bare hovel. He even refused the luxury of soap. This is when he was a missionary. His contemporaries recalled a shirtless, soot-faced, emaciated Van Gogh tending his flock with an intense ardour. This missionary's life became one of tragedy, dying at the age of 37. I wonder what would have happened to Vincent if church officials had encouraged him in his work rather than dismissing him. Well, uh, unfortunately, discouragement for Vincent continued. In 1990, there was a 100th anniversary of his death, and they decided that they would open an exhibition in Amsterdam to exhibit some of his major works. And 1.2 million people filed to the museum to see the works of Vincent. What the visitors did not see were his paintings that Uh, depicted Christian themes. They were not to be seen by the general public and they were kept deliberately in the basement of the museum. He had painted the Piata, the suffering Christ. He had painted the raising of Lazarus. He had painted the Good Samaritan and other works depicting Bible scenes not to be seen by the general public. Discouragement had a profound effect on this young Missionary, this young pastor, and his life ended in tragedy. Discouragement can have profound effects on people's lives, as can encouragement. And the Bible says, But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. The Bible says, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another. You can say encouraging one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. When Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, he says, Therefore comfort each other and edify one another, just as you also are doing. Barnabas was the encourager the model encourager in the Bible. The Lord Jesus was a model encourager and he took people out of their depths of sin and he changed their lives and he redeemed them. And the Lord Jesus, I believe, is the greatest encourager that we can look at. Will you encourage others? It's greatly needed today. Would you be determined as you go from this church uh, to work out how can I have a ministry of encouragement? Could I be like Dudley walking to the letterbox each day with letters of encouragement to reach others? Could I send a text? Could I send an email? Could I give support to a missionary? Uh, Could I give a gift to someone? Could I just do something today and tomorrow and the next day to encourage one another? Barnabas, the model encourager, exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness 
of sin. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you for the encouragers in our lives. And uh, Lord, all of us, uh, we're all sinners and we can have the potential to discourage others. And Lord, we, we don't know the, the fruit of our discouragement. We could say words of anger to someone. We could put someone down and it could change the course of their life forever for tragedy. Lord, help us to be Barnabases. Help us to be like the Lord Jesus, looking out to, to save and, and to seek that which is lost. We thank you for Jesus, Lord, that he went out of his way. He visited that woman at the well. When she's there alone, not to be seen by the city, she went back and became an evangelist, saying, Come, see a man. We thank you, Lord, that you encouraged Zacchaeus. You looked up in that tree and you brought him down and you went to his house. And despite uh, all those discourages, you told him that salvation that day had come to his house. Lord, let, let us lift up our eyes and see the harvest. Help us to, to encourage one another and encourage the lost to look to Jesus. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.